I was at Summer Games Done Quick 2023 all week, which raised over $2 million for Doctors Without Borders. I'll talk about what it was like to be at a full GDQ event and why that number isn't higher. Tonight is June 4th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy O'Kay says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Yes, Chef. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Chef announcer from years ago. Hi. I'm back. I got off a plane like three hours ago, and here I am with you. Hello, and welcome to a... Uh, not a jet lagged edition, but it, but but a tired edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about games history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on this wonderful Sunday night, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. We do take this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel twitch.tv slash vog network come join us live and i'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night uh and uh and uh but if we are a podcast if you can't be here uh through on on sunday nights i completely understand uh we do have a discord server vognetwork.com slash discord that is where you can uh see things from out throughout the week either react to old uh topics from previous episodes or suggest topics for new future episodes so uh that is where you can find out more uh about this and uh, and interact with us uh if this is your first time watching because of uh the main topic we're going to be talking about tonight uh I'll, t- I'll introduce myself a little bit uh about what i actually do the other uh 50 weeks of the year that uh, have not been gdq events um so i've been a longtime video game podcaster almost 18 years in fact next month will be my 18 year anniversary of doing this show uh episode one of this show was on july 24th 2005 and it was always a live show on sunday nights it was on shoutcast internet radio is uh, is where it was and i used irc for the chat room uh, so we've upgraded a little bit, uh, and but it was always kind of like this. I had a toll-free number back when, you know, long-distance charges were still a thing, um, and it was through Skype, so people could call in through Skype. Now we do the call uh, th- things calling in uh, through Discord and stuff like that. So uh, I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, Mike Def says, the show's going to catch up to Bobby in terms of years. Yes, because uh, I'm 29 plus is, is what I tell everybody. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting, like that bit, about me calling myself 29 is like caught up to me. And it's like, now it's like, I don't want to do that bit anymore, but I kind of have to at this point that I say I'm 29 plus because, uh, I still have not lost an old off with somebody at GDQ. People have tried. They've tried. They're like, Oh, you know, and, 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 you know, they're, they're like, yeah, no. And their age begins with the number, the, the number three. And I'm like, Oh, that's cute. That's very cute. So uh, I did find somebody close, but I still beat them by like three years. So 
I've I've kind of learned that uh, over the years in terms of that is that that's just a number, and I can always sit there and say, back in my day, blah blah blah. I actually want now to be my day, as well as like back then. And so I'm trying to approach like that is that, uh, you know, and, and I've talked about this on Dragon Con panels before uh, when I'm there is that, uh, you know, everybody talks about when's the golden age of gaming. I think it's right now. I think now is the best time, golden age of gaming, especially this year specifically with all the stuff coming out like this is the best time for gaming. And then in a couple of years, that's going to be the best time for gaming. So that that's how that's how I believe. And a lot of people that are my age don't agree with me on that. And uh, they fight me on it. And uh I win because I have a better mic. Anyway, what we're actually going to talk about, and uh, basically this entire episode is going to be not about Diablo 4. It's not going to be about Street Fighter 6, although you will see a little bit of Street Fighter 6, I promise. Uh, But it's going to be about Summer Games Done Quick. So the uh, biannual, I guess, they do it twice a year. Games Done Quick is a charity marathon event, a streaming event, 24-7 for seven days. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it benefited doctors without borders and, uh, they raised, we raised, and I say we, because I was a volunteer, $2.2 million for charity, uh, which is a low number compared to the most recent, uh, the the more recent um, events. I don't think it's been that low in like five or six years. Uh, Also, viewership was low. We're going to get into that in a little bit. And uh, some of it is based on what Tiger Claw just said over in our chat room over at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. SGDQ was in May this year. It's normally around June. Yes, usually it's at the end of June. When I get to the next part, I'll talk about a little bit of what I've been able to glean. I have no inside information. If I did, I'd be under NDA. Uh, Wouldn't be able to tell you anyway. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's things that you can kind of infer from publicly said information. Uh, And I'll explain some of that stuff. And that ties into why they didn't raise three million. It was just over two million, which, frankly, is still the the largest amount that Doctors Without Borders will receive from any single event in the entire year. So it's still amazing for the charity to get two million dollars just because it's not three million dollars doesn't mean it's not an amazing amount. Um, So. Uh, we'll talk about that. But first, I actually want to show the stuff that you don't really get to see. Uh, they actually did start showing you some of this stuff during some of the the breaks. They did some videos around of showing what it's like to be an attendee at Games Done Quick. This is my second time uh, hosting at an in-person Games Done Quick. It is my seventh Games Done Quick event uh, in general, but the other five were online only. So I did them from this chair in this in this house. Uh, on this mic uh, and everything. So it was, it, it was no different really than doing this, except a lot more viewers. Now, uh, but this is the first time they've actually like brought back activities, uh, stuff to do. Uh, and, and really, it's it's like a convention, but not really. And, uh, you know, so if you go to a gaming convention, it's like one weekend and there's all this stuff going on. Uh, Games Done Quick is an, a week long. And so they have to, they spread things out. Uh, so like, yes, there, there were panels this year, but the panels, there were like two a day. Uh, and so some people say it's like a convention. I actually say it's like a cruise. Uh, it's a cruise that you're not, but you're not on the water and you can leave whenever you want. And we were doing excursions because we were in downtown Minneapolis, going to different restaurants in downtown Minneapolis, getting lost in the skyways in downtown Minneapolis. So it basically can go everywhere unless they're closed. Um, and it, which happens at like 6 p.m. Like everything closes at 6 p.m. downtown Minneapolis because 
it gets cold in the winter, I guess. But uh, uh, it, that's what it more felt like. It felt like a week-long cruise minus the water and the motion sickness and stuff like that. Uh, and it was all about gaming. And so I'm going to show you some uh, some video that I shot uh, of, uh, of, of basically the experience as an attendee. Uh, none of this goes backstage. None of this goes behind the scenes. I'm not doing any behind the scenes stuff, no backstage stuff, because frankly, I'm not allowed and I like them and I don't want to get in trouble. So uh, let's take a look at some of the stuff that I shot here. So um, like I said, it was benefiting Doctors Without Borders. If you watched Orange Lounge Radio last week here on Voice Geeks Network, you saw some of this some of this video because some of this I took on the day, on the first day, on the Sunday. Uh, but there's like some booths out in the area, the Yeti. Doctors Without Borders had a little table where you could talk to some uh, representatives of the charity and then booth for things like the, the Frame Fatales uh, speedrunning events. Uh, but they actually had more um, they had more rooms and uh, they did have a lot of representation of uh, d- different uh, groups like LGBT groups. They had flags flying everywhere. Uh, but uh, they, they had a bunch of different rooms. So they had panel rooms. Uh, and then, uh, there were some, on the, the third floor up here, there were some private practice rooms for the runners, uh, and, and the commentators. But on the second floor was where you had your open gaming, you had board gaming, you had tournaments, you had an arcade. So there was stuff to do and all that stuff was open 24 seven as well, uh, during, during the week. Uh, so, and it was a week long instead of just a weekend. It had, you know, seven days of an arcade, um, I was talking a little bit about representation. They actually had gender-neutral bathrooms. It is actually the first time I had been in an area that had gender-neutral bathrooms, but they did actually label one of them as the one with urinals, so I knew which one had the urinals in it. Uh, So I I was appreciative of that. So uh, World 9 Gaming is the tech crew that provided, like, the consoles and the TVs and stuff, and there was an open open room. It's kind of like an open gaming room. You could rent a system, rent games, or hook up your own system to the TVs, but it, the interesting thing about going in there is that you walk into that room and everybody is amazing at what they're doing, and people are like just running speed runs. They're like, I'm just going to do a speed run of this uh, in the back if you want to just come watch and hang and, and see what I'm doing. Uh, so it was like you looked around and it was like something amazing's going on on that screen and something amazing's going on on that screen. They actually did these speed run challenges where each day you had a, a speed run challenge of different games and uh, stuff. Uh, they had this set up, and I didn't get to play it, but there's like a Pringles homebrew game for Sega Genesis, and it's a meme in the GDQ community. Uh, but they were doing speedrun challenges uh, with Pringles the game for Genesis, and it was apparently a thing. Um, but they actually brought back tournaments as well this year. So they actually had uh, several gaming tournaments uh, in tournament rooms and then you know a big stage at the end. Uh, where they were running like uh, Mario Kart tournaments, Smash Brothers tournaments, things like that. But actually, the interesting one was uh, Friday morning, right at like 12.05 a.m., they started the Street Fighter VI tournament uh, run by Bobby the Blacktastic. And they were actually running, uh, and, and like they, the game unlocked on Steam, and they started the first round of the tournament. So people only having played the Street Fighter VI beta, uh, were there and it went for about three hours. I forgot who won, but um, but yeah. So like they they basically did a launch morning speed uh more launch morning tournament of Street Fighter Six, uh, narrated by Bobby the Blacktastic, who is amazing at, at what he did does. He did uh, the, some bloodstained runs uh, at GDQ, uh, uh, speed running staple 
uh, amazing person. Uh, and, uh, and and yeah, so we, I got to actually watch some Street Fighter Six. Everybody loved having the faces. So when you're on the Versus screen, you hit some buttons, and like those characters will make faces, and everybody was screaming for the faces. So that's going to be a big thing. Um, Dark Tatsia says, I will say that Street Fighter Six is fun from the little bit I played. Uh, so, which that's what I've heard a lot of. They actually had like a little jam session, and it was actually provided by somebody from Mag West which is a music and games festival, but it's the Western, uh, it's the one that's in California. Uh, so they came out and provided some instruments and just, you know, free play. People could just sit down at like a guitar or a bass guitar or a piano or a drum machine and play. But they also had a board game room. And a lot of the board games that they were playing at GDQ this year were social deduction games. I think it was like uh, Blood in the Clock Tower is the main one that they were all really into. So it's like secret Hitler was another one, but like werewolf is, is a social deduction game where you're trying to like deduce who somebody else is, who's the traitor amongst your myths, but they also had more traditional board games uh, and you could rent them out just like most other conventions. Uh, so that was fun, but really Cronkinole, which is the game that we're showing here. That was the game that everybody w was loving. It's, it's kind of like, curling with with discs it's it's i don't know how to explain it but the rules are simple i uh i got i got destroyed playing Cronkinole with with some of my fellow hosts uh they also had some panels um and so this actually was uh, uh you know a streamer that I've, we've rated here uh cartridge blowers was up here on this panel talking about completionist challenges basically there's two 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 people up there uh cartridge blowers has a completionist he wants to play every super nintendo game released in north america mr shasta who's with him did all the nin every nintendo ds game uh and so they did a panel on that there were other panels about speed running but the arcade was the big one and uh if you watch orange lounge radio you saw more empty arcade uh, that was because there was an anime convention across the street uh, the, on Memorial Day weekend, and that's where the arcade was from. And so when the convention ended on Monday, they brought the uh, they br basically brought all the machines across the Skyway, across the street. So we had a bunch of Japanese rhythm games, uh, some, other, uh, so some other games. There was actually an Enter the Gungan light game based on the Enter the Gungan uh, in indie game. So people were playing with that. Uh, I didn't get to play that one, but I played like a lot of the other. They had Mai Mai. Uh, they had uh, Chunithum, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, they had that, but they had uh, Theatrhythm uh, All-Star Carnival, which, yes, you could still play, even though it's technically been shut down. Don't tell the cops, I guess. Um, and, and they had like some Jubeats. They had a Poppin' Music. They had a Taiko no Tetsujin, but they also had some candy cabs of like fighting games. Uh, some DDRs. Uh, they had two pinball machines. Uh, they had Halloween, which has been out for about a couple years now. And then they had the new Scooby Doo machine. And I kept getting, um, get, kept getting my ball stuck in the Scooby Doo machine. I had to tilt it. I had basically tilt it by nudging it hard enough to get the ball dislodged. So I don't, I don't even know if I really got a full game in of Scooby Doo. Um, because I kept having to nudge, and it would always be on ball three, and that would end my game. Uh, but uh, you could go in here at any time. Uh, they had some, uh, and, you know, the games were on the whole time. I did get to play some Initial D there was there. I played some F-Zero AX, which I hadn't played in a couple years. Uh, so you could just go in there and, and, and play some games with some people, and it was open at all times. It was kind of nice, uh, especially if you went in, like, 5 in the morning, and you could get you could hop right on Groove Coaster if you really wanted. So I wanted to show the full-on arcade because when you watched on OLR, you didn't see the full-on arcade because not all the machines were there yet. 
So uh, then, like, in the stream room itself, uh, I took some video of what was going on in the stream room. They actually had their interview desk actually overlook the crowd. I was kind of disappointed. I'm going to make a sports ball reference. I'm sorry. I was kind of disappointed we didn't know ahead of time because, like, I figured if we had all gotten, like, signs and stuff like they do on uh, ESPN College Game Day or something, since we were all behind the desk, I thought that would have been cool or had some, like, fat heads of, like, Spike Vegeta and other uh cosplay uh, other other speed runners and stuff and and you know actually like make it look like that but uh we we didn't know but maybe they're going to do this from now on so uh yeah and dark to see says f0 ax is wild as a whole ass harness and a motion cab this the motion cab was not here i have played on the motion cab before uh but the f0 ax was just the sit down cabinet like every other racing game um the stream room it never filled this year uh it was it was this is a different hotel than it was last year last year there was times when it was standing room only there were always chairs at least in the back um so uh you i was always able to find a seat maybe not always in the beginning but i actually didn't spend that much time in the stream room uh there were a lot of things i didn't watch what we're showing here is the ring fit adventure uh i got some video of it near the end so like i didn't get really good video of him actually running and everything but apparently like this speed this speed run was great and he says he can only attempt the speed run once every two and a half days because it is that physical uh so you may want to check out the ring fit adventure speed run uh it is up on youtube the vod is up on youtube so this is actually a friend of olr's uh that is up here this is oscar uh rolling give me toilet paper and the gimmick here is uh, you actually put a Joy-Con inside a roll of toilet paper and you are literally rolling the toilet paper uh, left and right on your table to get it to the person who needs toilet paper. It is an indie game. Asuka is a friend of Orange Sound Radio because uh, she was on back when she was a contestant on The Tester. She was also on King of the Nerds, but OLR had her on as The Tester and she totally remembers OLR and she says hello to the OL Army uh, and, uh, and, and remembers that time well and wanted to pass her... Uh, her regards and say hi to everybody. Um, so uh, also, because I, I actually was in the stream room for the Silly Block, so Wayne's World, they had everybody dressed up as Wayne and Garth and did all the Wayne's World cosplay and everything. Um, so, uh, and then there was the Rhythm Games, which took a while to set up. There was about an hour's worth of setup for Spin Rhythm. Essentially, the graphics drivers on the PC he'd installed it on didn't actually work too well. So it took him a little bit, but he actually brought his own personal machine and hooked it up to their equipment and played Spin Rhythm from that. Uh, so there was that, and then Clone Hero was right after that, uh, which uh, it was the same runner who ran it in 2020, and he wanted to prove that 2020 him sucked at Clone Hero. And uh, I, this is why I will never play Clone Hero because it's just, I. They said there's easier tracks, but I know that the reason they make these games like Clone Hero and stuff and, and mods to Beat Saber is because the base game is too easy, and so they want to make difficult charts, uh, and so they don't make easy charts because that's not as interesting for most modders. So. Uh, on uh, and Tiger says the game used an actual DJ controller. Yes, Spin Rhythm actually used a real mi a DJ controller that worked with the game, and they even gave one away as a prize. So uh, they actually had their first VR game on the stage. Super Hot VR uh, was actually done on stage. First time they've done a VR game on stage at a live GDQ. They were supposed to last year. Unfortunately, the runner caught the big C at the beginning of the event and had to leave. And so they cut it off the schedule. They removed Half-Life Alex off schedule. He wound up doing it at AGDQ. This is a different runner doing super hot VR on the SGDQ stage. 
Uh, and uh, so I was glad to see that they were able to get it to work with the sensors because sometimes like bright studio lights really mess with the sensors of the valve index, which is what he is using here. Uh, but it, we, they were able to get it to work. S. Sharon Matt says there were some charts in Clone Hero where the user need uh, where the runner need to use Vaseline a few times to hammer the buttons quick. Yes, that was you should watch those. Uh, they were they're all up on VODs because they used uh, DMCA free stuff or Dragon Force gave them the license uh, to be able to play through the fire and the flames, which is a donation incentive. Um, but yeah, go so check those out. They are not muted anywhere. Uh, the Meg- the Mario Maker 2 Relay Race. This was uh, on the final night, the stuff that I'm showing here. Um, this was amazing. Um, I wish ESPN 8 The Ocho would pick some- up something like this and package it for ESPN 8. Uh, on August 8th, ESPN will run, usually on ESPN 2, a bunch of like stuff that you would see on ESPN 8 The Ocho, the joke from the Dodgeball movie. But they have like the Tetris Championships from the, the-, the Pacific Northwest classic gaming expo or something like that they've run minecraft stuff on there before this would be perfect this would be perfect as the mario maker 2 relay race unfortunately some of these uh they've actually said that nintendo's going to take down some of these levels because they're actually using glitches in mario maker 2 to make some of these levels work there was one that actually used like portals and stuff uh but uh so so you can play some of them but not all of them so you'd have to get nintendo sign off to get for it to work uh, but it was amazing to watch. So go check that out. Um, it was it, just all the trolls that happen uh, in there. And then uh, this was uh, what we're showing video here is everybody hitting one, uh, two million. There's the everybody getting excited for the two million. So that's everybody getting excited for two million. Um. There it is. That that's when everybody hit two million, and this is what it was like in the room at like two in the morning. So that that's yeah. So uh, that was uh, the video that I shot from uh, Summer Games Done Quick. I shot a little bit more, but it was it was more of the same uh, type of stuff. Um, as Sharon Amat says, I am unfortunately too much of an old man and couldn't stay up for the last few runs. Super Metroid didn't start until like 3 a.m. Um, you are uh, remembering incorrectly if you think it started at 3 a.m. Uh, it started at 5 a.m. Central. The uh, entire event, the finale, was at 6.30 a.m. Central. And I know this because I was still there. Now, I, at about 2 a.m. Central... Uh, when uh, they were doing a blindfolded run of Breath of the Wild. Uh, that was when he was doing the Ganon fight, and he had to restart it a fourth time. I'm like, I got to go. So I went up to my room, and uh, I-, I went up to my room, had the TV on, which they-, they actually had it on in the hotel TVs, but it looked like crap on the hotel TVs because, funny story, that hotel doesn't have the ability to send a high-def signal on its closed circuit. It has composite, so they literally routed it through a VCR. They downsampled the high def feed going out to Twitch and put it on composite and stretched it out and sent it out. And so it was a really low quality stream. But I put it on up there and laid down for a four, about four hours and then came back for the Super Metroid run. And uh, S. Jordan Matt says, I looked at the schedule midday and it was scheduled to be at 3 a.m. at that point. Must have hit bonus incentives. Um, no, because all the bonus incentives were accounted for. What happens is 
uh, there were a lot of setup issues that caused things to happen for like an hour, like take an hour longer, much like that spin rhythm game. That was an hour long setup time. And it's because when they got up on stage, they realized the game didn't work. Uh, the game was not responding the way that the runner needed for, especially for something that needs as much of that Twitch action. Uh, and, uh, it took them a while and it was running into the next run because they, uh, basically needed to bring that runner's computer up on stage, hook it up to all their capture equipment, set all the capture. And they're doing this live because the runners do go back and they do install their game before, like before they go on stage, they go back behind the stage. They go get on one of the PCs. There's multiple PCs up there and they install their games on one of the PCs and they do run a test, but I don't think it's a real test until they get up on stage. Tyclaw says driver issues more than likely. Uh, I did see the GeForce experience screen up on, on the monitor when I was sitting in the, in the, in the, in the crowd, because all the monitors are facing us. You can see what's on them. And I know that they did look at the graphics driver, but I think there were some other things about the setup of the computer that the runner just didn't like. And that's where uh, they uh, so they, they called an audible and basically brought in his machine. And he mentioned that on the air. That's I'm not giving you any NDA information. He actually like said that on the air during the run. That's what they were doing. But there were things like that. And when we did the online runs, which were basically there were remote runners, uh, some of that didn't go as smoothly as they had hoped. So, uh, the te- yeah, and as Jerry Matt says, the poor tech crew, there were a lot of tech issues that uh, took a while to resolve. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and some of that, like, that's why some of the numbers were lower this year. Uh, there were less viewers this year, uh, and the donation total obviously was a little bit lower than usual. And, uh, and, and, and a lot of the tech issues stem from the fact that you got to realize something. The majority of the tech crew are volunteers. They don't pay a company to come in and produce this as a television production. They have people volunteer. Now, the heads of these departments and, like, the main contact point for these departments are paid. Um, they, they are paid on a contract basis, from what I understand. Um, but uh, the majority of the people, like, the person that hits the timer is a volunteer. The person who mutes and unmutes the interview segment, that's a volunteer. The person who hits the, the scene transition, that's a volunteer overseen by somebody who is uh, a paid contractor to oversee the department. But a lot of the, the hands, the, the stage hands and the tech crew and things like that, those are volunteers. So uh, and Mike Def says the actual GDQ staff is pretty small. Yeah, yeah, there there is. There's only a handful of full-time employees at GDQ. Uh, but the, but they also work on like the hot fix content and the year round content and things like that. But they rely a lot on volunteer work for even like camera operators. Like that's actually a volunteer shift you can get. You can be a uh, camera operator, sound sound technician, uh, you know, stream supervisor, things like that. And those are volunteer things. Um, so, and, and you don't necessarily need to have television production experience to get those or broadcast experience. They try to put it, make it so it is accessible to somebody who's not in the industry, which is partially why some of these issues happen because you don't have people who are professionals in the broadcast industry running every bit of the production like you would on other television broadcasts. So that's not a knock against GDQ. I think it's great. I think it's kind of a neat way to, for people to get experience doing this stuff. But you do re- you need to realize that you are dealing with actually inexperienced people 
pushing the buttons and that's why the timer doesn't start on time or a timer doesn't stop or you know somebody's muted when the stream goes to the interview desk which happened a lot of times uh because there's a lot that they have to remember and if they're not used to being in a high pressure television broadcast environment they are going to uh have some missteps as they learn um so, so uh that's something to kind of keep in mind because people are like they need to fire the tech crew and hire a new one and i'm like well they they don't hire a tech crew they're all volunteers which might be an issue uh that that can be resolved but i'm not sure it can be resolved in the budget that gdq has so why the numbers were lower uh other than the fact that the marathon was at a very different time um or ran late it was because it was at a different time uh and the reason gdq was at this time this is not a surprise uh from what i understand that the, the fact that sgdq 2023 was going to be in late may instead of late june has been known for about two to three years uh because other uh events in the speed running scene were notified a couple years ago and that's why they adjusted their dates so they didn't conflict uh, they do all kind of work together on that stuff. Um, and uh, it was basically venue availability is why uh, SGDQ 2023 was moved. The week that SGDQ 2023 would have been, and I don't know any of this for certain. I just, I know what else was going on in Minneapolis that week. There's this little known musical act, kind of indie. Um, uh, there's this little known musical act uh, by the name of Taylor Swift. That was going to be doing uh, like a three night or four night concerts at uh, the football stadium in Minneapolis uh, the week of SGDQ that the week that SGDQ would normally be. So as you can understand, hotels may not necessarily want to give up uh, some of those rooms to a convention where the you know the rooms are one hundred and forty dollars a night. When you're going to have 70,000 fans a night of this little indie artist uh, come in and, you know, get rooms at higher inflated prices because they already paid thousands of dollars for their tickets because Ticketmaster is amazing. Um, and that's sarcasm, by the way. But uh, you can imagine that they wouldn't want to give up rooms on that week. Um. So that's one of the reasons it got moved. But it got moved up to Memorial Day. And GDQ, as much as I love GDQ, they don't promote. They they really rely on word of mouth just like this podcast does. Um, they don't actually go out and do that much promotion. And it's not as big of an event. It's not as unique of an event anymore. So people, a lot of people didn't know what was happening. Um, and that's why they had a lot of incentives that weren't met. met. Uh, the stream started off with like 45,000 viewers on Twitch, which is great. It used to get over 100,000. Now, that being said, the, that 100,000 number was before Twitch changed how they, che how they counted views, and it had a lot of view bots. So people were like paying for bots to view bot games done quick, not GDQ themselves, but other people. And so there were bots that were watching that got counted the number. Everybody's viewership on Twitch went down. Um, Twitch viewership in general has gone down, period. Uh, as people go out uh, and, and are able to get out of lockdowns, able to do other things, they're not sitting around watching Twitch as much as they were in 2020 and 2021. Um, the other thing to know is th that it was a holiday weekend here in the U.S. 
Uh, so people were out. It was the, the beginning of summer for a lot of places. And when I, we say summer, we say we mean meteorological meteorological summer. I can't speak that word. Too long of a word for me. Meteorological summer, which I still can't say, so I'm not going to say it again. Uh, starts June 1st. And so technically we were in the summer month, even though the astronomical summer starts June 21st with the equinox. You know, uh, so that that also didn't help is that we were on a holiday weekend uh, at the beginning of the marathon and and people didn't know about it. And so that's why the number was down a little bit because people aren't sitting around watching Twitch as much as they were. Uh, Questbrush says there were also major releases toward the end of GDQ, Diablo 4 Early Access and Street Fighter 6. Um, Diablo 4 held half a million views alone for a while. Yeah, so like you had those games come out. People were still playing Tears of the Kingdom. In fact, we had a running meme of uh, the Tears of the Kingdom tax, uh, which was basically when you called it out, we were like, okay, well, if you're playing Tears of the Kingdom while watching GDQ, you need to donate $5. That's your Tears of the Kingdom tax. And it worked. We would actually get a whole bunch of donations saying, you know, Tears of the Kingdom, you know, people saying, yes, I'm, uh, you caught me. Here's my $5. Um, but a lot of incentives in the beginning weren't met, and it was because I think the uh, the the games committee and the organizers were kind of expecting the numbers they got last year at SGDQ and even earlier this year at AGDQ, uh, and like the the first two incentives of the entire marathon weren't met. They they were not met. So and they did stall a little bit for the two million to get the final bows came in. Uh, but and, and I've heard people say uh, with that is that why did they stall? Why didn't they just swap the games do something else run another game while that two million came in uh one thing that i have learned being a host is that donations come in most when you are reading donations when the game is start when the game is going on and it's really all about the tricks and the commentary for the game you're not seeing that many donations come in so had they basically like swapped in super metroid and basically ended the event with or or, or swapped in Grand Pooh Bear's uh, Mario Kaizo uh, ROM hacks uh, and waited for Breath of the Wild uh, and let the money come in is that there was no guarantee they would hit $2 million if Grand Pooh Bear was actively on screen. The fact that they were basically stalling and watching the number go up and reading donations, that got more donations in because you never, ever, ever underestimate the power of reading someone's name on the air, which is why I read chat and I say who says things because you never underestimate that power. People want to hear their name on the red on the air. There are speedrun purists that wish that that wasn't the case, that like the donation scrolled at the bottom of the screen and never interrupted the run and stuff, and they would not uh, raise nearly enough money or any any money at all. Uh, or they, they would raise some, but it would be it would not be in the millions. It'd be in the like the tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. Um because there are other marathons that do that, where they de-emphasize the donation reading, and they're like, yay, we did amazing. We raised $40,000 for this charity this entire week, and GDQ's raising $2 million. So, uh, and Mike Depp says, yes, it does help to get chosen to be read. Yeah, and that's really what it is. People donate to hear themselves on the air. And that's why we do it. And uh, if if the the run does not include a lot of donations, you're not going to get or times to read donations. You're not going to get as many donations. I know this because the one of the runs that I commentated, which we're going to get into a second, uh, we didn't get the incentive met. The one incentive I had to get, I did not meet. And part of that was because uh, the runners and the, com the couch uh, did not throw to me 
to read donations for like 45 minutes. It was a two, two, two hour, 45 minute run. We had two hours to raise $20,000. Uh, and we started with $4,000. So it was, and also it had shifted like three hours. Like it was originally going to be 11 PM Eastern and it wound up being at 2 AM Eastern. So that didn't help. Uh, but, uh, there were like 40, 30 minute stretches where I didn't say a word. Uh, which was great for the speedrun community who wanted to see the speedrun. But in terms of reaching the incentive, we didn't hit it because I was not given any time to read donations. Uh, and, uh, so we'll talk about that uh, in a second, actually. Why, why don't we go ahead and, and talk about the runs that I hosted? So once again, I was a host. I was a donation reader. The first block of runs that I had, they were uh, online. And uh, so so I was uh, and I did not take a video. I didn't take a video in the room. Absolutely, because that was it was a closed off room. But there was essentially a room off to uh, the side, and uh, it was like it had a couple PCs in it, and it was essentially like I was hosting a remote run from my house. Uh, and so we had the remote runners. I was using Discord and 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 all this stuff to talk to the runners. Uh, the first one I did uh, was Alien Swarm. And uh, Alien Swarm was being run by, and I got the correct pronunciation here, Kukustas. He's Russian. Kukustas and Mr. Deagle uh, were running, uh, and they did a co-op run uh, with no commentator, so it was just them. And and they they did an interesting run. I have not really seen it. Uh, one of the things about doing these online runs is you don't really get to easily see what they're doing, uh, especially because at that point I had a single monitor. Uh, future remote hosts, they got a second monitor on that machine. Uh, so they were able to have two monitors. But I was running off of a single monitor, so I didn't even have the stream up. I didn't have anything up. I was just listening to them. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it was uh, it, it was it was interesting. It was fun. People liked it. Uh, so uh, one day I will watch it and uh, and and see see what all the fuss was about. Um, they were great to work with. They were very friendly uh, to me, and and uh, we we had some fun there. Um, the next one was a uh, what a lot of people were looking forward to, I'm sure, uh, was uh, Attack on Titan Two, and Attack on Titan Two was being run by my buddy Froob, who I have hosted for multiple times at Yaka, uh, doing Yakuza games, which basically meant that the commentary here turned a little bit into Yakuza. Um, and uh, this one, we actually we had three false starts, and um, un- unfortunately, there were some uh, tech issues with uh, with Froob. Uh, we, and actually, the tech issues were not with Froob; they were actually with the tech desk because this was also the first block of online games. So um, we uh, we we uh, had to kind of roll with it for a little bit, but then once it got going, and we got some donations referencing Yakuza. And so we talked Yakuza, and and one of the best compliments I ever got was actually from Froob, uh, because uh, you if you notice um, on some of the updated graphics, they actually do list who's talking, and they show who's talking, and they list the commentator's name, they list the host name, which is new this year. So my name's now in the VOD uh, for all of these. Um, but you'll notice Froob doesn't have any commentators, and he doesn't really need commentators, but he has had a couch commentator before, but he actually told me when he saw that I was going to be his host, he's like, okay, I don't need commentators. And, uh, so that actually, that was very, uh, very flattering. And I really appreciated hearing that because he's like, I, I don't need commentators. I got Bobby. Um, 
Questbush says, I watched Froob's Attack on Titan run. It was really fun. The two of you did great. Thank you. Yeah. we. I actually like just started having a conversation. I'm like, how you been? Like, you know, we hadn't seen each other in, in, in six months or whatever since I last hosted for Froob. Uh, Mike Def does say he also got the world record, and I do want to kind of address this because he kind of knew he was going to get the world record. He's also like one of the one of three runners that run this game, so he already had the world record. Um, and it was one of those where he got the world record in practice and just never submitted it, so he kind of knew it was happening. But he's also just like, okay, yeah, it's a world record, awesome, cool. Um, some people thought that GDQ just rushed him off the stage. No. So, yeah, so we ran through the run, and uh, in, when he did that, he was like, yeah, okay, it's my world record. Awesome. Uh, he already knew, like, the marathon was running late. He's like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a world record. Thank you, everybody. Love being here. I'm going to go. Uh, GDQ was not there uh, saying, you need to stop. You need to be quick. Uh, GDQ was waiting for him uh, to give the, the cue to go away, to, to switch back. So some people thought that GDQ was trying to, like, suppress his world record hype and stuff like that. And no, that's just that's how Froob is. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I did enjoy that one. Uh, and then uh, we had another uh, we actually had another co-op run uh, or this was. Yeah, this was the race. So this was Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. It was being run by Dessa and Big Sid. Uh, and uh, I was getting Dessa's name wrong at first. I said Dessa. And so, no, it's it's Dessa. And I'm like, all right, got it. And uh we had some fun. Uh, this one was good. I had actually never played the Crisis Core Reunion. Uh, it does look a lot like Final Fantasy VII Remake, and uh, but uh, but I uh, it was kind of neat. Now the hard thing about this and and the, both of these is uh, doing these online runs. I can only watch one person stream. Whereas if it was on stage, I actually have the monitor and I can see both everything going on at once. So I was I had to choose who to watch, and I basically I watched Dessa's stream and got the audio from that to try to figure out like when I should stop talking. So if things seemed a little awkward there uh, with the transitions to me, when you watch the VOD, uh, that's, that's what it is. That that's where uh, the awkwardness came from. It's because I'm only watching one stream at a time. And when it's a race, they made the audio flips to whoever's winning. And so if big Sid was winning, you were hearing his audio, but I was still hearing Dessa's audio. So, uh, it, it, the online runs it, it there posed its own challenge, uh, especially because the muting and the unmuting, when I would need to read a donation, I had to, would like unmute, start talking, flip to a browser tab to get to the donations, which is why I wasn't able to jump directly in with a donation. I always had to stall with, absolutely, thank you for asking me to a donation. While I'm doing that, I'm furiously flipping to another tab. So um, hopefully uh, it came across well on the air. Um with that. So that was my first block. That was Monday morning, Monday afternoon, actually. Um, and we were like an hour behind because the person before me who had the online block, uh, that was the first one hour long setup because there was just some issues with the, uh, with the, the tech and doing that for the first time. But my second block was, uh, in person and, um, that was Silent Hill home pour. So Silent Hill home pour, uh, being run by Schmumbler, who's one of the staffers at Games Done Quick, Couch of and Eternal Enigma, who's a friend of the show, uh, and Starwin, who actually created this category. So Silent Hill Downpour has unskippable cutscenes. Uh, so they play Silent Hill Homecoming during the unskippable cutscenes of Downpour, and they actually finished Homecoming like halfway through the run. And so then they were just like doing other things. They're like, we're going to show you some skips and stuff. Um, 
So uh, this one was fun. We actually had a uh, incentive to get a surprise ending. Um, and uh, we thought we needed to get it within 45 minutes, but then they kind of changed it. We're like, well, we can start getting all the stuff for the surprise ending. But at about two hours in, we need to do the final part to get this this ending. Uh, and so we, I think we got to like $13,000 out of $20,000 at that point. And so he chucked the item that had the, the surprise ending and, and we went on with the, just the normal ending. Um, and, uh, S. Jerry Matt says Mike Deffs broke Starwin and he's really proud of that. Yeah. So, uh, what they wound up doing, we, we had started with the tears of the kingdom tax and then, um, Starwin, I read a pun. I actually read Mike Deffs donation which had some puns in it. And Starwin said, I hate puns. And so I encouraged everybody to send in puns. And then we got some puns. And about 20 minutes later, I was able to read some puns. And there was some great back and forth. Starwin actually left the stage uh, in, in protest uh, and, and stuff. So it, it was a lot of fun. I, I kind of wish I had read some more. There were a lot of puns I left on the table. Uh, and I wish I had read some more of them. I wish we had some time to run, run some more of them, but there was a lot of stuff to talk about in this run, uh, because it, they never thought they would get Silent Hill downpour or homecoming really in, uh, a GDQ mainly because of content. Um, there are some questionable content that, you know, GDQ may not want to air on their stream, but the fact they were running two games at once meant that they were de-emphasizing the questionable content, uh, and you wouldn't have to sit through the cutscenes. So uh, and Mike Def says, yeah, there were some really good ones uh, that uh, that uh, that you read. Esther and Matt says, what was that one pun that you said that blew them away with the delivery? And I can't actually say it off the top of my head because I don't actually know it. Thankfully, I had it written in front of me and I did not stumble over the words. So it was great. I was actually really on. I didn't stumble on many words that night. I was I was very happy. Uh, but it was basically a take on the joke of why did they call it an oven? when you put like put the hot food in the oven and take it out it was a take on that except it was why did they call it home pour uh stuff and that that totally broke them and i was i was very happy with my delivery of that um because i i know kind of the joke but i don't know like i couldn't say it to you here uh on the stream but it totally got clipped um, but yeah, it was something like the main joke is like why do they call it an oven when you put the hot food in the oven and out or something, um, yeah. So it was it was good in the moment, is what what was what was said, uh, is what S. Jeremy Matt said, and uh, so I was very proud of that. And I wish we had gotten to more of those. There were some uh, puns I left on the table, uh, but uh, they were all good, and I was able to read a lot of them, and uh, and we we had some fun with it. We're going to show a clip here of uh, the the donation that Matt is talking about here. Here we go. Uh, we have a $50 yeah, yeah, yeah. donation from CC that just asked, why did they call it home pour when you down home on the pour and come out on the hillside? Okay. All right. I'm okay with I, <laughs> I might have to leave on that one. I'm okay with that one, and I'm okay with that one. <laughs> Very good delivery. Bobby, that, that was a, No, way. that was a great delivery. That was tremendous. That. So yes, yeah, so I, I was proud of that one. I, I was very, I was proud of that. That that's probably my highlight of uh, is that one delivery right there, um, and uh, and chat also felt that it was very 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 amazing. And um, uh, so you know you, they're they're over here on the on the right here saying it's amazing. That's why they clipped it. Thank you so much for clipping that. Whoever did that, and uh, oh, there's actually other clips of the puns. Like all the clips on the Twitch page for this are all puns. It's like all the pun ones. So let, let's see here. Let's do this. Should we do this? 
Should we do this? Let's let's see here. Let's let's see which pun this was in this clip. We have a $10 donation from Deepen that says, here's the donation homing on that target goal. It is coming in fast and the goal is going down. Pour one out for one's home ease. I actually like that. That's that was awesome. <laughs> You're a changed man. I'm learning. You are. Yeah, so there were, and there were a couple that said all the games. Let's see here. Uh, I'm going through Twitch clips is what I'm actually doing. Um, and so some of these might be the same ones. I'm trying to make sure that I'm see if I'm doing the same ones or not. Um, pun poetry. Shadow confirmed. We have a $10 donation from Comrade Meek that says, decide to pitch in and get that surprise ending and drop a bunch of my favorite things, puns. The way that this run builds on itself like a pyramid, headed up by Schmumbler's ability to split his focus, will have me nursing my amazement. It's so great that I just can't keep silent. Hills to die on are rarely worth it, but donating for that secret ending will be worth it. Hopefully Murphy's Law doesn't get you and leave you scarlet-faced with shame. It's for charity. It's for charity. (laughs) I got a standing ovation on that one, too. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'd say we still got enough time for two more. All right, we have a $10 donation from D-Pen that says... Okay, and that, that was the D-Pen one again. So, yeah, so um, they're, they're sprinkled in throughout the, the VOD. It's a two-and-a-half-hour two run. Uh, it's on YouTube, and you can hear a lot of those on there. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, so there's there, there's there's a couple in here. So I'm, I'm probably going to wind up going through... Uh, some of some some of these clips, so I can get get those uh, and, and share some of those. So it was a lot of fun, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny. You go to the clips page for Silent Hill Homecoming right now, and most of them are the pun donations from GDQ right now. Uh, so if you want to look on cli- uh, on Twitch for that, uh, that's where that is. So um, the last game, uh, which was a very beautiful game, um, I didn't know, uh, I didn't really know much about this game, but Drucifer played uh, an indie survival horror game, which is basically a um, it's a love letter to survival horror games called Signalis. And uh, it turns out this is like a lot of people's like game of the year for 2022. And so there were a lot of donations about how how amazing this game was and how people just can't stop thinking about it. And uh, that, uh, you know, it really touched them. Uh, and, and like, this is the best game they've played in a long time. So if I was into survival horror, I would be picking up this game. Uh, but Signalis apparently is amazing. And, uh, this is going to be probably one of those games that people are going to pick up because it was shown on GDQ and Drucifer did an amazing job as a first time GDQ runner, first time on stage. Uh, we were, I got to watch him do the run in one of those private practice rooms beforehand, uh, we talked a little bit about it. I gave him some tips on on what to say, when to say it. Uh, Moonblaze Wolf was on the couch, who was actually one of the other producers. He's one of the producers, actually paid producers of GDQ. Uh, so I also got to work with Moonblaze Wolf uh, behind the scenes as a host as well. So um, this was uh, so th- this was it, it. If I was more into survival horror games, I probably would be all about Signalis. If you are into survival horrors and you haven't heard of Signalis. Uh, please watch the run because he skips all the cutscenes, so you're not going to get really spoiled on things, but you may learn how to beat some of the bosses, but really, or just try it because it's one of those where apparently the story really sticks with you as, as things go. And all the donations I was getting was about how much this game stuck with people 
after the game was over. Um, so uh, definitely try it out. Questbrush says, I couldn't watch this run because it's still in my backlog, but the demo was phenomenal, so I can only imagine how good the rest is. Uh, I, and, and yeah, it, it was, it was great. Uh, there, there was a lot of love for it. I did not even get to read all of the love for it. Um, when, you know, people were leaving donations, I had stuff set up to read, but you know, when, when there's no time in the run for me to read donations, I don't read them. Uh, and, and so I don't get to read everything that comes to me and it's not because I don't think it was a good donation. It was just, I'm, when I'm a host, I'm working on timing. And I'm trying to group donations together uh, and, you know, basically kind of tell a story with donations because I only have 20 seconds at most, sometimes 30 seconds to get something in. Uh, And so I'm trying to group things together or I'm trying to tell a story and or or in terms of like, okay, I'm going to read this donation first and then this one. I did that going back to the home pour. I did that once where I read a pun when Starwin walked off stage, I read another donation that was like, no, 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 let's not make Starwin sad. Like, I really tried to, like, work together all the all, all the donations. And so uh, if I didn't read your donation, either A, I didn't see it, because there are two people who look at donations before I ever see them. Uh, and they may decide not to even send it to me uh, or to the host, whoever host is on desk. And then the host has discretion on what donations they read when. Uh, shorter donations are more likely to get read than longer ones. If you write a novel for a game that's like 13 minutes long, you're probably not going to get your donation read on the air. Uh, but uh, it's it's really just trying to make a broadcast happen. Mike Deffs says, I'm pretty happy that mine got in. And actually, Mike Deffs, who is the only person from my community that I read the entire week, um, I kind of waffled on it. Because I was trying to get the Tears of the Kingdom tax. I was really trying to bank on the Tears of the Kingdom tax and bringing that up. But when I got enough of those out and still had time, that's when I threw the pun donation from Mike Deft in, which started the whole pun train. So I, I, I am happy about how that worked. But it was it was dicey. I almost didn't read it. Uh, because I was going to really try to ride the Tears of the Kingdom train. Because we're playing a game, home ports, two games, played at once. And, you know, calling out people playing a game while watching the, him play two games at the same time. Uh, that's what I wanted to ride. That was the train that I wanted to ride. So uh, that was uh, that's that's my hour on Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, obviously, we can continue the discussion later on the Discord uh, or, or on future episodes here at this show. Uh, normally, I'll do a music break. Uh, not going to do one this week. I had one set up, but we it's not really needed tonight. Uh, I probably could have used one because I coughed a lot, but uh, we're also not going to take calls on Discord tonight because we are uh, running a little bit short on time here. Uh, but coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash fog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's two people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and uh, we like to check in with them and see what's going on there. And uh, since I haven't opened Discord up in like two weeks, I'm hoping that this is still going to work on all my... Stuff is still good. Uh, Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am tired. Uh, uh, I, got, I got off yeah, a plane like three year, three hours ago. Uh, or four and you hours just ago. said you slept like four hours last night. Yeah, yeah. Be- because, took a nap. Yeah. yeah, I took naps because like the, it ended at 7 in the morning Central Time, so like 8 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> yeah. and, and my flight was at 1 Central. 
And so it's like, do I go to the airport and try to sleep there, or do I go sleep in the hotel room and hope I don't oversleep? And I wound up just, like, napping. It's that napping, and, like, this happens to me. I don't know if this happens to you. But it's like, if I'm like, I don't want to oversleep, I wind up, my body wakes up every 20 minutes thinking I overslept. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, no, I didn't oversleep. So... Uh, yeah, you can't sleep because of the stress of oversleeping. Yeah. Totally get it. So uh, did you watch any in GDQ this week, or was it all Diablo? <laughs> it was a little bit of Diablo, but I did I did catch some GDQ. I caught the, um, the uh, music, the um, spin rhythm one that you had referred yeah. to earlier. I was watching a little bit because Alan used to stream that game, and actually it was like when the, the streamer was there, he was like, I know that guy. He's coming to my chat before because he's a big, you know, he uh, comes into people that are streaming the game trying to encourage them to stream it, which is pretty so, great. So what I actually said, I saw Angry Scootsman in the elevator and i said oh yeah. yeah and i said hey great job on the run and i'm you know i'm one of the hosts but one of my friends says that you go into his streams and i said it's alan alchemy he's like oh man i love alan yeah tell him i said hi so oh that's funny so that's you got now, so both him and, and oscar wanted to say hi to olr well, that, I guess I'm going to have to come out there one of these years. Yeah. If only it wasn't a week long. That's that's the hard part. If it was a weekend, it'd be a lot more realistic. I mean, I can always come for part of it. Yeah, but, a lot yeah. of people only come for so, part of it. Like some people, like they're only yeah. there for the beginning or they're only there for the end or something. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a big thing. Uh, some people came in just for the last day, like Grand Pooh Bear, who uh, did the, the Mario Kaizo stuff. He literally flew yeah. in like Saturday morning. Or I think he mm-hmm. said he got in late Friday night. But he literally only came in Saturday morning, was only there for the day, and then flew back the next day. Because the the, the reality is um, a lot of the big-time uh, speedrunners, they're full-time Twitch streamers, and GDQ does not pay to bring people out. Right, And of so that's why like a, a lot of the big-time streamers don't come to GDQ anymore. Or if they do, they're only there for half, uh, half the time. Um, like right. um, Spike Vegeta. GDQ icon was only there for the first half of the week. Mm-hmm. He, he went back so he could go, you know, stream and make money because that's how he makes his money. So, yeah. you know, that's just the reality of the charity aspect of things is that they can't afford to, you know, pay to have some, some speedrunners come out because then others would be like, well, why aren't you paying for my airfare? Why aren't you, why aren't you doing right. that? And uh, the thing that I do worry about, and it's going to be interesting, we're going to be able to see this, Financially, this is a financial thing. We're going to find out if I'm right about this in two years, because that's how long it's going to take. Because you can go to the charity's website and see their tax forms. So you know how much they are paying for these events. Because the way it works Mm -hmm. is the charity pays Games Done Quick LLC, which is not a charity. It is the same type of corporation Voice of Geeks Network is. Um, They pay them to put on the event. And then all the money goes directly to the charity. You don't actually pay GDQ. You pay for the you pay the charity's PayPal directly. It is right. a percentage of what it was raised the year before. So if you mm. look at their 2022 taxes for the 2021 year, uh, it was uh, Doctors Without Borders paid three hundred thirty thousand dollars to GDQ to put on SGDQ mm. because that's how much that's ten percent of the three point three million they raised the lap the previous year. So next year, they may only be paying $220,000, which is $100,000 less than what GDQ has been working with on the budget to put on SGDQ. I don't know if that's going to be the case, and we won't find out until 2024 
when the taxes for the 2023 or until 2025, when the taxes for the 2024 year come out. Um, cause they, they don't announce that until the taxes come out and then it's public record. Well, hopefully if nothing else, some corporate donations can come through to bridge yeah. that gap. They I had a lot, a little bit of that. But, they had yeah. a lot more sponsors this year That's than good. they used to. Cause they had, uh, like usually cause as a host, I have all the sponsor blurbs because they're, they're right. going to be like, all right, you need to read this on top of this ad or whatever. And there would be like five or six and this year there were 13. Ooh. So they got a lot more sponsors. Uh, well, that's good. Through so so hopefully that's the case, and also um, subs and bits to Game Sun Quick um, no longer go to the charity. For a longest time, right. the revenue went to the charity. Now it goes to putting on the event, uh, and uh, yeah. you know this is not. Ex- I, I'm I'm pretty sure I can say this. Uh, that's not changing. It's not going back to going to the charity, and part of that's because Twitch did renegotiate every contract with every partner. So the split is now 50-50 instead of whatever the other split was. So it is actually not financially advantageous for GDQ to make that donation because basically that money does go to GDQ and then gets donated on behalf of GDQ. So they have all the tax stuff, tax liability for all that. And with the updated contracts that Twitch has done with all their partners, it's not financially feasible. And so they're going to try to maybe that's going to help offset some of the costs that they're not going to get from the charity. So interesting. Lots, lots of stuff. Uh, and then there's more I can't talk about because I'm under NDA and I like them and I don't want to break NDA. Sorry. Understandable. So uh, Diablo came out. Uh, I saw people playing Street Fighter six. I didn't see people playing Diablo there. Uh, how How is the full game? Um, it's, it's really good. You know, unfortunately I've been a little under the weather, so I haven't been spending quite as much time on it as I would like, but I've, I've sunk in a bit of time. I I'm through act two. I just beat act two earlier today. So in the, mm-hmm. the beta, the demo early on was act one only. Mm-hmm. So gotten a little further than uh, I did in that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. There's a lot of, uh, things I really enjoy about it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some, it, it feels a little bit more of like a successor to Diablo two than mm-hmm. Diablo three, which isn't a problem for me. I love Diablo three. Um, but some people, some people out there didn't really care for three because it was a little bit too cartoony, maybe fast paced compared mm-hmm. to two. And I think four has a lot more in common with two than it does with three. Cause a mm-hmm. lot of the quality of life stuff from three kind of comes over. So it's, it's it's a very interesting balance, but the story is also very well done. The story is very compelling, very good characters, and I appreciate that they didn't just like recycle Diablo again. You yeah. know, I'm sure Diablo will show up at some point, but they've got this brand new character in Lilith, which is no secret. She's in the launch trailer yep. that they showed the very first mm-hmm. time, you know, and Lilith is a very strong antagonist. So they have like a, a new kind of more original story that I'm pretty sure will tie to the other games at some point, but uh, it's really good and compelling so far. All right. Yeah, I, I'm still kind of on the fence if I want to commit to it. It's not, and it's not because of any ideological thing. It's more just, you know, do I want to spend that time on it? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I'm still kind of thinking about it. And it's also like playing it single player, I kind of got bored with it. Mm-hmm. But if I had people to play with, I might enjoy it more. Like it might be more something I'd enjoy. Well, the nice thing is it does kind of level sync the content. So um, what I mean by that, like, again, I've been kind of under the weather, so I haven't been uh, going pedal to the metal as hard as Shane has. So there was a point where he was like level 41 and I was like level 25. And we did one of the dungeons together and it was synced 
for him, like it was all level 41 mobs, and for me, like it was all level 25 mobs. This is exactly what World of Warcraft does now for anybody that's played that. So it balances what you're doing to the level you're at, um, and so everybody can still kind of enjoy it together, which is which is nice. So it, yeah. you can still kind of help newbies even if you've been playing for a while it doesn't uh it doesn't do what 14 does where it drops you down to the lower level no it just syncs the content live basically which is pretty neat yeah yeah i and i was about to say that because like that's final fantasy 14 is like you lose abilities if you're playing with someone lower level and it's you know right so so no that's that sounds cool with this yeah uh all right so um what else are you going to be talking about on orange lounge radio tonight well, and hopefully if my health comes back uh, 100%, I'll be streaming a lot of Diablo 6 this week, which, by the way, there's some Twitch drops coming up. So whether you have the game now Di- or not, I'd Diablo get those, those in your account. Oh, I'm sorry. Hello. Diablo 4 starting on the 6th. Yes. I thought you were yes. going to be Street Fighter 6. Um, so, like, you're also doing Street Fighter 4 and Diablo 6? and <laughs> uh, I'd love to play Street Fighter 6, but unfortunately, I, I only got the one game this weekend, but I'll yeah. probably pick up Street Fighter 6 eventually. Anyway, on tonight's show, we'll also talk about a Nintendo Switch game announced out of nowhere that sounds terrible, um, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll also talk about the announcement of the MetaQuest 3. You had this whole hour to talk VR, Bobby, and you, did. you didn't do it, but I, I, did no, not. I, I completely understand why. I, ha- I have uh, a whole we'll hour next about- week. Uh, we'll talk about, oh, uh, the next pun that might be coming out for Silent Hill, Ascension. We will uh, ascend up to the news of the week and talk about what's uh, been happening with that spinoff game a little later on the show. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. Uh, we will be back next week. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. I want to leave with this comment here. SJ Winner Matt says, The best thing about SGDQ is the games that I hosted and whatever amount I helped raise during uh, your shifts. Uh, he was talking to me. T- during your shifts, for someone uh, help- paid for someone treatment in another part of the world that perhaps wouldn't have gotten it. GDQ and Doctors Without Borders do amazing work, and while numbers were low, this all went a really long way. Great job. And I do want to say that even at $2.2 million, this is the largest fundraising event that Doctors Without Borders will have all year. Um, this this is the, the big... And same with Prevent Cancer Foundation. GDQ, AGDQ in January is the largest fundraising event that they will have all year. And it does a lot. And Doctors Without Borders, one of the other things that the hosts are given are blurbs of $5 gets this, $10 gets this, $100 gets this. So you know exactly like what you're paying for and what they are doing with the money. They give a lot of that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, all all the money is great, and it's going to do a lot of great work. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, Pod Culture is already preparing the liver for the VR talk next week because uh, I, I saw that the MetaQuest 3 was announced, but I was at GDQ, and so I wasn't actually clicking on the links or anything like that. Uh, but I did see that there were some games that were getting announced for the MetaQuest 3. Uh, so, uh, and now that they've uh, decoupled the Facebook account, I am open to getting a MetaQuest, th- uh, MetaQuest headset. I just did not want to get a MetaQuest 2 after they raised the price. But maybe I'll get a 3. We don't know. I, I don't know yet. I don't have anything to tell you on that yet. Um, so, yeah. So, if you, uh, you can find me on social media, uh, Bobby Blackwolf on Twitter and uh, Instagram and uh, on uh, mstdn.games is my Mastodon instance 
over there. Uh, and uh, you can also submit feedback over at our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. Uh, but uh, I just want to thank you all for being here, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you came here after I've been gone for two or for a week. Uh, it's always nice to come back and people remember that I exist and stuff. So uh, hopefully if you came from SGDQ, I hope you like what you heard. This is a different type of show than what I normally do. I talk about the industry. I talk about the new, like a lot of the news going on in the industry. I'm a software developer in my day job, so I do understand a little bit about development techniques and some about game development because I've done some of that, but it's not my primary job. I'm just outside of the industry enough that uh, I don't hate it yet. Let's say it that way. So anyway... I'm going to go ahead and hit the button that plays the outro here, which is this button, not the button I hit first, but it was silent, so you didn't hear it. Anyway, I'm going to go. OLR is up next. I'm going to go get some sleep now. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios. Thank you, Chef.